0: This morning, uh, I'd like to talk about God speaking into our lives and how we respond when he does speak into our lives. Uh, When he speaks to us, when he uh, guides us, he has a purpose. When he asks us to participate or to, to do something for his kingdom, there's a reason for it. He doesn't just haphazardly choose something that, well, maybe they would do that and Maybe it would be good for them to be involved in that. But he is specific. We serve a God who understands and knows who we are. And that he will use us specifically to accomplish something for for his purpose. Guide us and lead us according to his Holy Spirit. And so there's some lessons that I'd like to uh, look at with you. And look at a life uh, through a man we know as Jonah. We all know the story of Jonah and uh, his life, his response when God speaks to him, when God calls him to do specific things, he has a reaction that, that in his journey caused him to go off course. And so we can learn some things from Jonah's life when it comes to the will of God, when it comes to God speaking to us uh, about uh, his purpose for our lives. Little boy was in Sunday school, and the teacher was uh, giving a lesson on Jonah and the whale, or the big fish. And after hearing the Sunday school teaching, the uh, Sunday school teacher looked at one of the young boys, and he said, what lesson did you learn from this story? And the boy thought about it for a while. He looked around, and he said, that's very simple. It's a simple lesson that I learned teacher asked, what was it? He said, people make whales sick. <laughs> so if you know the story of Jonah and the whale, you know that uh, the whale vomited up. Jonah made him sick. I'll tell you what, too many people get lost on whether or not this, this Jonah and the, and the big fish story is just a, a whale of a story. Is it true? Did it really happen? Did it really take place? Well, of course, it really happened. It's in the Word of God. We believe the Word of God. And, you know, when it comes to what size the fish was, what kind of fish was it, uh, how big was the fish, uh, how did uh, Jonah get swallowed up, I think people get caught up in all those details and lose the main thought of the story. And that main thought of the story is based upon God's will for Jonah and God's will for his life. And uh, the main lesson of this story is obedience to the will of God, that when we are obedient to God's will, there is blessing, there is fruitfulness, there is direction. And when we are disobedient to the will of God and to the voice of God, there's going to have to be a price to pay. And Jonah found that out in his life. We need to understand we either get on board with what God has for us and what God would want us to want to do in our lives, or we go our separate way from the will of God and experience the consequences. Someone said these words Our difficulty is not in that we don't know God's will, but our discomfort and difficulty comes from the fact that we do know His will, but we don't want to do it. Has anybody ever been there? I know I have a few times, listening to God's voice and God's God's, uh, speaking to my life, and there are times when I've resisted that, and if we're honest, I think we've all been a place when we know what the will of God was, we know what God wanted for us, but yet we chose not to hear and pretend like we never heard God. I shared this story uh, a few times about the call of God upon my life over uh, probably when I got called to go out into pastor maybe around 43 years ago or so. Um, I was running from God. I've been saved 46 years. And I ran from God for the first three or four years of my life. And my wife knows that. And I, you know, I knew God had a call on my life, but I was satisfied doing other things and being a Christian and being saved and, you know, doing what I what I enjoyed. But there came a time when I could not resist the voice of God any longer and fight the will of God. And I did have to respond. I knew what God's will was, I just chose not to. To do it and so in Jonah's life we understand that he did the same thing he just chose not to listen to God and do what God asked him to do Jonah who was he he was a respected man during this time he was a prophet he was the voice of God to Israel he would have been like the Billy Graham of his day very very influential and uh, knowing the influence that he had were the people of Israel, it's important to know how Jonah thought. He was raised, grew up thinking that only the Jewish people were the only people that God loved, thinking that they were the only people that God cared about. They looked at everyone else outside uh, of Israel and uh, the Jewish uh, faith and race as outsiders, as pagans. The worst kind of human garbage. That was their thinking during Jonah's day. That's how he was raised. They were untouchable. They were taught and thought that no one uh, spoke to God but them, and God spoke to no one but to them. And it was especially true when it came to the Assyrians, the people that we're going to see in a few moments, that God called Jonah to speak to and to bring his word to them. The Assyrian uh, people were powerful, the most powerful uh, group of people during that time uh, that we're going to be looking at. And uh, they were hated by the Jewish people because they caused so many problems for them. Nineveh, the place that God called Jonah to go preach, uh, was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. So here comes God, as we're going to see, to Jonah and asks him to do something that's not only contrary to what he feels he wants to do, but it's like a curveball for the whole Jewish culture and society in their thinking. What was that curveball? God asked Jonah to go preach repentance to the people that he did not like. Jonah was prejudice. In Jonah chapter 1, in the first two verses, we have the launching pad for this sermon. In the first two verses, this is what it says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. This is what he said. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come before me. This is not what Jonah wanted to hear. This is what Jonah thought was going to be impossible for him because he didn't think that God loved them because he didn't love them. And Jonah debates on doing the will of God or not. And this morning, the issue in this story for you and I is uh, our obedience uh, or lack of it to the will of God. Our trust in God, or lack of trust in God, it always comes to fruition. It always comes to the top when we're asked to do something maybe we don't want to do. Maybe we're not prepared to do. Listen, no one in this place has a hard time obeying God when he asks us to do something we want to. Can I get a name with that? Can we be honest this morning? We're in church. We never have a problem when God asks us to do something that we like. For instance, God speaks to you, sisters, I want you to go out and buy yourselves a whole brand new wardrobe. Boy, it must be God's will. This must be God. Right, brothers, God speaks to you. I want you to go out And buy a new car or computer. Yes, Lord, I knew you were going to speak to me. This is God. And we go out and we're happy because it is something we want to do, something that makes us happy. We don't have a hard time doing it. Someone said our actions, when things are going well, are not as significant as our reactions when things are not going well so well. In other words, when God asks you to do something that you may not be happy about, or you may not feel you want to do, are you still going to rejoice? Your actions will show and be significant concerning your attitude towards God. What did Jonah do when God spoke to him and told him to go to Nineveh? He went in the exact opposite direction. He went to Tarshish, a city that was in the exact opposite direction of Nineveh. Why did he go there? Well I'll tell you why he went there. He went to that place because he was taught, the Jewish people believed, that God didn't speak in foreign lands, that he wouldn't speak to people in other countries. They were taught that they were the only ones that would hear from God. So he ran to a place where he wouldn't hear from God, where God wouldn't bother him, where he wouldn't be asked to do things that he didn't want to do. That's what he thought. We do the same thing when we don't want to hear from God or we don't want to do what God says we should be doing asks us to do, we kind of turn a deaf ear and we go to places that we feel maybe we don't want God to bother us. People are on the verge of what I'm talking about running from God and that's what Jonah did. He was running from God in the opposite way that God wanted him to go or where he wanted him to be. And people who are running from God, when they run from God, they go to places they think God won't bother me. God's not going to be here, so I don't have to worry about being convicted or hearing what he has to say about my life. Well, let me tell you, this morning, I want to give you some travel advice, some travel tips if you're thinking on stepping out of the will of God. If you're thinking on running away from God, there some things that you need to understand you're going to experience, that you're going to have to deal with and that you're going to learn about. Number one, it's not hard or difficult to go to the wrong place. It's not difficult to run away from God. It's pretty easy to go to the wrong place and to step out of the will of God. The easiest thing for Jonah was to literally get on the wrong boat and go the wrong way. There was no opposition. We read in verse 3 of chapter number 1, This is what it said. But Jonah rose up to run to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa and found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Two times in that scripture it says that Jonah wanted to flee from the presence of the Lord. He wanted to run from God. And it wasn't difficult. There was no opposition. He, he faced uh, no difficulties in doing that. What am I saying this morning? Sometimes we have this kindergarten mentality concerning uh, the will of God. What is that kindergarten mentality about the will of God? Well, this is what it is. If everything falls into place and it's very easy and things are going well, it must be the will of God. And if it's difficult and if things aren't going well and if things are falling apart and I've got problems and there are issues that I'm having to deal with, then God must not be in it at all. How many have ever been there? I wonder how many times we have said, get behind me, devil, when it's actually God leading us uh, and has us where we are. How many times have we had that kindergarten mentality about the will of God concerning uh, difficulties of life or the easiness of uh, life? Just because everything falls into place, it doesn't necessarily mean that God is in it. How many can say amen this morning? But sometimes, you know, we fall prey to that kind of thinking and if, you know, the smooth road is there, I'll just go down that smooth road when it's not really the will of God. Jonah probably thought when he landed in Tarshish, no big deal. That was easy, running from God. It must be God that I'm here instead of where God wants me. So the question comes to us this morning. So then how do I know the will of God if I can't go by the trials and the difficulties and I can't go by the ease of things if things are just laid out and falling into place as we like to say? What do I need to to look at? How do I know if I'm on the right boat on the right ship? Simple. Let me tell you. It's called the peace of God in your life. The peace of God in your life. That's how you know when you're on the right ship, when you're in the right direction, when you're in the right place that God wants you to be. Everything else, all the storms, all the ease, uh, those are just circumstances that we have to deal with in life. It is the peace of God in your life life. And that's what Jonah didn't have, I guarantee you. Jonah didn't have the peace of God in his decision when he ran from the presence of God and neither do do we. The craziest thing from this man of God to think that he could be peaceful outside of God's plan for him, outside of the will of God for him was very deceptive for you and I this morning to think That we could be outside of the will of God and have peace. There may be some folks here today who know you are outside of the will of God. But you're, you're doing what you're doing. You are where you are, but you don't have peace in your life. Why? Because you're not in the will of God. We need to understand this morning, uh, it's the peace of God that passes all understanding that causes you and I to know that this is where God wants me, this is what I need to be doing, this is where I need to be, and everything else uh, is just circumstances of life. Listen, it's called the peace of God, Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 15 We have to get rid of that kindergarten mentality and mindset when it comes to the plan of God, to the purpose of God and the will of God and go by what the scripture says and what the word of God says and let our lives be founded upon that obedience to the will of God. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, Paul writes to this church and he says let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Thank God for his peace this morning. Thank God for the peace of God. Now, let me take this to another level. Paul says, when he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, what he's saying is, let the peace of Christ literally be the umpire of your heart or your life now we understand what umpires and referees do right they maintain the rules of the game they call a foul when there's a foul when when, when something goes wrong they're the ones that they make the decision and so what the scripture is saying here is that when we allow the peace of Christ to rule or be the umpire of our lives, then we will be in the right place. He will, we will not be out of the will of God. We'll know when we're stepping out of God's will. Why? Because the peace of God has dominion and authority. It is ruling. It is umpiring. No, no, don't go there. That's out of bounds. No, 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 no. That's a file. Don't get involved in that. It's the peace of God that Paul was saying needs to be the umpire of our decisions and uh, the the things that we do in life. And that's where you know the will of God. This morning maybe your life has fallen apart. Maybe you're having one of the worst weeks, months, years of your life. But yet you could be right where God wants you to be. Smack dab in the middle. Of God's will. And you say, but this can't be so. Oh, this, this this is not happening. To which Jonah was thinking, how could God even think about those those people? Could he even care about them? Could he even love them? They torment us. They're our enemies. They're not like us. And Jonah was wrestling with his mindset, his culture, his, his, his thought processes, his feelings, instead of relying upon God's Word, which determined his will. Jonah found it easy to find the wrong boat, to go the wrong way, and so can we when we base our decisions on feelings. And what we think instead of on God's word and allowing the peace of God to rule in our lives. Secondly, when you run from God, listen to this, it costs more to go second class. What do you mean? Well, usually, how many know, a first class ticket is more expensive than a second class ticket? Isn't that right? Okay, let me put it this way. It costs more to sit in the box seats there on the field level at Dodger Stadium than it does to sit up in the nosebleed seats. You got that? That Is that good enough for you guys? All right, okay. Same thing with Jonah. We serve a first-class God. When you are in the will of God, when you're serving God and you're doing the will of God, Everything is first class because God is the best, makes the best, does the best. There's nothing second class about the God that we serve. But that's when we're in the will of God. That's when we're serving God and being obedient to God. So where does second class come in? I tell you what, second class comes in when we're disobedient to God and we're doing our own thing and we step out of the will of God, that's when you pay a higher price than if you would have stayed in the will of God, first class. That's where I'm going with it. In verse 3, we read that Jonah ran away from, from Nineveh, got on an a boat, and went to the opposite way to Tarshish. And the Bible says that he went down to buy a ticket And then after he bought the ticket, he went down into the ship with everybody else. He paid the fare, but he downgraded his life. From the blessing of God, from the purpose of God for his life, to fighting for his life and survival. You see, whenever we decide to do our own thing, disobey God, run out of the will of God, I guarantee you, Not only do we put ourselves at risk, uh, we put others at risk also. And our lives will quickly go downhill. I know there are some who may have been there through your experiences. Jonah probably thought, hey, I'm the only one that's having this battle with God. Nobody knows what's going on. And so I can do what I want. I'm not going to bother anybody. But all of a sudden, the whole ship, everybody on that ship is getting ready to sink uh, and everybody's crying out to their God. There's a quote that I read that is very simple but profound and it clarifies what I'm talking about when it comes to obedience to the will of God. It goes this way, nothing corrects disobedience except obedience. Now that's not too hard to understand. You don't need to bring out your thesaurus, your strongs, your lexicons, you you don't need all that stuff. It's simple, black and white. Nothing corrects disobedience except what? Obedience. Obedience. Obey God. You want to change? You You want to get back in the will of God? You're tired of second class? You want to get back into first class? Get back into obeying God. That's simple. Things will change. It's not hard to understand because as long as I am obeying God, my circumstances are all God's responsibility. When I'm in a storm, when things are falling apart in my life and I'm having a hard time, I can turn to God and say, God, you have a problem because I'm doing what you asked me to do. I'm where you want me to be. I'm in your will. So I'm following where your plans are. You need to fix this. You're going to have to work it out. Not my problem. But when I disobey God, and I'm running from God, and I'm doing my own thing, guess what? No longer God's problem. Hey, Bancho, you got yourself there. Get yourself out of it. It's your problem, dude. I didn't put you there. many know a lot of times we blame God for a bunch of stuff. The choices, decisions we make, and we want God to fix it. Uh Uh-uh. I didn't tell you to go into debt. I didn't tell you to buy that thing. You felt good about it. It was easy as nothing. Just sign here. No problem. Must be God. Well, guess what? you got to pay it back. Okay, I don't know how I got off on that one, but... Listen, the safest place in your life is wherever God wants you to be. Jonah wasn't in a safe place. He thought he was going to be in a safe place in Tarshish, but guess what? He was in a mess on his way to Tarshish. Safest place for you and I is in the will of God, being obedient to God. The most dangerous place in our lives is when we decide to disobey and do our own thing. Third tip, if you're going to travel out of the will of God, is that you can run. Okay, want to finish it for me? Yeah, you can run, but you can't hide. We all know that, right? Right? We've all been there. We've all tried to run, but you can't hide. The sheriff, he always finds you. The warrant, they always find you. Somebody, you know, they'll always find you. You can run, but you can't hide. Jonah thought he was running away from it all. And God is saying to Jonah, hey, dude, Jonah, You got on the wrong boat, man. You're going the wrong way. You're the one that's got the problem. What are you going to do about it? In verse 4, here's what goes on. Jonah thought he was going to be at peace. And the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. And there was a great storm on the sea so that the ship was about to break up. What did Jonah find out? He was running from God, but he couldn't hide from God. And wherever he went, guess what? God was right there with him. His presence was right there. Remember the scripture, the text before in chapter 3? He wanted to get away from the presence of God. Two times it said that. But God said, it's not going to happen. Listen to Psalms 139 and verse 7 and 8. The psalmist is writing, and he's asking questions. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee or run from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Because God loved Jonah. God had a plan for Jonah's life. He's not going to give Jonah's rest, uh, leave him alone until he responds to the will of God and what God has for him. That's how much he loves Jonah. And I want to tell you this morning, this is how much God loves you and me. If you are here and you are running from God, he's not going to let you alone. He's not going to force you, but he will be there. His presence will be there. You won't be able to run because he is there with you. He loves you, has a plan for your life. Even with Jonah in the belly of of that big fish, he was there with Jonah. God's plan for Jonah and his life was to make an impact in somebody else's life and that's what God has for us. To touch other people's lives, to help and encourage other people's lives, no matter where they come from, no matter what, what, what their, their status in life is. That's what it's all about for us as Christian men and women. We need to stop running from God and start relying on God if you're running from His plan for your life and His will for your life. Jonah thought he could get away, but he was wrong. Now, for you and I, who have family members, loved ones, friends who are not saved in serving God. Maybe they're backslidden. Maybe they're, they're running from God. We can turn to the Word of God and, 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 and get solace and get comfort and know if, if God ran after Jonah, if, if the psalmist said, if I go into the depths of hell, God is going to be there, there's no place where your husband, your wife, your kids, your friends, family can run that if God wants to touch them, He'll be there with them we can stand upon the word of God and believe God's word that he will see and touch their lives in some way or fashion see because there may be pleasure in sin for a season but that pleasure is over God will be there to bring his love and conviction upon them this morning Jonah had a problem with the Ninevites he didn't like them we live in a world that's so divided, a world filled with hate, simply because of differences of culture and differences of, of status and so on and so forth. It, it just—it it tears me apart to see that happening when we're all God's people and that we, God loves us, we should love as God loves us, love other people around us. And when we grasp that fact, And understand from this story, people get caught up. Was it a fish? Was it a whale? What kind? How big did the mouth? Who cares? Get the point of the story. Stop hating people and start loving people. Start doing the will of God. That's the bottom line, folks. Okay, let me close this down. Number four, if you're running from God, taking a trip out of the will of God, Your false peace will be disturbed by housekeeping. You ever been in a hotel on a holiday and wanting to sleep in till 12? And have somebody come knocking on your door at 5 in the morning or 6 or 7 in the morning? Housekeeping! Shut up! Go away. We don't want to hear you. Disturbing the peace. Well, Jonah had his peace disturbed because he was outside of the will of God. Let me tell you this. If you don't want to hear from God, and you don't want to listen to God, and you don't want to let God uh, have your attention, guess what? He's going to send somebody else to get your attention and to speak to you. In verse 6, listen to what happens. So the captain approached Jonah and said, how is it that you are sleeping? Get up. Call on your God. And perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not die. Jonah didn't want to hear from God about where he was going and what was happening, so God had somebody ready to tell him instead. You see, for you and I, maybe you don't want to listen to the preacher, whoever's up here speaking. Maybe you don't want to listen to your saved husband, your saved wife, your saved kids, your saved parents. Whatever the case, I guarantee you, God will have somebody to talk to you about it. He'll he'll arrange somebody to meet you and talk to you about His will and His plan for your life. You see, throughout the 45 years, 6 years we've been doing serving Jesus, my wife and I, and some of you that have been serving God for a long time, through the outreaches that we have when we go witness and tell people about the love of God it never fails we run into somebody that says, yeah you know, I I heard about God, you know, my parents told me or my brother or sister told me about it or, you know, yeah I'm a backslider so what does God do? He sends a person, people, they don't even know to come and talk to them about Jesus. That's how much God loves people. That's how much God cares for you and I this morning, and that we should care for people who are lost and hurting. You never know what God has for their life. You never know how God could use them to impact a a nation, a country, a people, if we just do the will of God. As our worship team comes this morning, The will of God. It's not difficult. People make it too hard. How do I know God's plan, God's purpose for my life? It's when you have the peace of God in your life, the peace of God that's ruling your life, you'll know you're where you need to be. So what you need to do this morning, what we need to learn from Jonah's life story, there's so many aspects to this. I shared earlier this morning in our prayer room where the men gather and pray. It's, one, it's, it's a, a Sunday school class, and it's one of our, our school schoolroom classes. We have a K-12 school here. And on the wall there where I pray, there are like four or five different posters. And it's cool because one of them it asks a question, uh, angry with God? Meet Jonah. Jonah was an angry guy. When you read the rest of the story of Jonah, he was mad that he had to go preach, and he didn't, but he wasn't happy about it, and he went and sat under a tree and complained to God. So, it's a good story. Then there's another one that talks about Elijah, you know, that that, uh, basically uh, God deals with you about Elijah. I got this from Jonah, that little uh, poster on the wall revives some thoughts concerning this sermon. And how important it is to understand that when we're angry, we step out of the will of God. So many times when we're angry, we miss what God is trying to, to do in our lives. That we just need to simply listen to God, hear His voice, and obey when He speaks to us. Even if you don't understand, that's the first thing. Obey God, follow the plan that God has for your life. Secondly, we can learn that God won't allow us to disobey Him without letting us know we're disobeying Him. Jonah tried to get away from God, tried to run from God, but God found him and let him know, Jonah, you're disobeying me. And he let him know in a grand fashion, threw him, make him jump overboard in the ship and get caught up in this uh, fish's stomach No such thing as a person disobeying God and doesn't know it. We all know when we're disobeying God's will, don't we? I know. I know when God wants me to do something and I don't want to do it. I know it. No doubt about it. It's called conviction. It's called no peace. You ever been there? Yep. So God won't allow us to disobey Him without letting us know. And lastly, as we bow our heads this morning and close our eyes for a few moments here's the thought that I want to leave with you for those of you running from the will of God from the plan of God that if I'm in the wrong place then the right place is empty that's a fact of life As long as Jonah was in Tarshish, no one was in Nineveh doing the will of God. That place was empty. And for you and I this morning, as long as we are out of the will of God in the wrong place, the right place that God wants us to be in is vacant, it's empty. God wants to use your life for a reason you're here serving Jesus for a reason maybe this morning you're not saved you're not serving God your life is not where God wants it to be not where you want to be and you're trying to figure out why what's the problem the problem is is that you're not where God has you're not in the plan of, uh, of, of God for your life You're out of God's will, God's purpose for your life. It's time to get where you belong, need to be where you belong. It's time to get to the place where God wants you to be, serving Him, surrendering your life, asking for forgiveness of sin.